Welcome to the Happiness Dude Weekly Podcast, where we help you achieve more and be happier doing it. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Leonard. I'm excited to share with you some of the amazing stories and people like yourself that have found the secret to finding happiness in an ever-changing world. We will share real stories about real people. Let's be inspired as we seek greater happiness in our work and personal lives. In this week's episode, I had the opportunity to interview Kim and Doug Roylance. They are a husband and wife LuLaRoe team. Their experience, not just in LuLaRoe, but in business, invites us to look at what it takes to work and be successful as an entrepreneur, how to overcome obstacles, and the meaning and blessings that come from giving service to others. Well, hello, Kim and Doug Roylands. I am really excited to have you on the phone. How are you doing today? We're great. Doing really good. We're here in uh, Utah, and it's beautiful and starting for spring. Oh, don't you love spring? I, I love the symbolism of spring. I love the whole idea of new growth, new flowers, new green, a new opportunity, a new chance. I just, I love, I live for spring. You know, I was uh, out riding my bike, actually, in the mountains, I was hoping that it was a little bit, uh, that, that the snow had melted off just a little bit more. And I went up there and, and it was still a little snow, but, it, you know, things were growing. It was actually quite beautiful. I went down on a, some pathways and rode my bike. So it was good to get out and, and feel, uh, feel the warmth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about Kim and Doug. Who, who are you? Well, we uh, have been happily married for 29 years this year. We're it's been a great time. <laughs> right. We have three children and the cutest grandbaby you'll ever see in the world, and life is good. Life is great. We've been involved with, with quite a few things uh, in the past few years. Um, we've had the, the wonderful opportunity to be involved with LuLaRoe, which is a clothing company, and, and it's been, been fantastic for a lot of different reasons, but it has provided many opportunities for us and, and, and has changed our perspective in many ways. But uh, uh, we, we still are involved in a few other businesses that we owned before getting involved in LuLaRoe, but uh, we, we currently live in Riverton, Utah, and we love the area. I, I, I'm a big fan of the outdoors, and, and this part of the country just makes uh, a lot of uh, a fun exploration. It really is. I, I love that area. And now that you say that you went out bicycling and cycling earlier, um, I know exactly where you were. I used to live just uh, just down the road from you. I had no idea that we used to be be neighbors. I lived in the next city south of you, just on the other side of the point of the mountain. Um, what I, I So tell me a little bit about a couple different things. You, you said that you're still involved in businesses that you've owned in the past. You're involved in LuLaRoe. Tell, tell us a little bit more about what that means. So, um, you know, I've, I've personally been involved in um, technology much of my life and have owned some businesses related to software development and products that we've developed. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been a, a very interesting ride. I was, I was involved with some, some large uh, technology marketing companies for a while and, and really got to be involved with some of the, the largest brands that exist in technology. Um, you know, as, as we went through that process of, of owning businesses, you know, the challenges that come with that are, are not for the faint of heart. Um, it, it takes a lot of effort. And along the way, there were um, some challenges that, 
uh, seemed insurmountable at times um, and, and not ones that anybody would want to go through. So, and, and those, those things happen sometimes out of your control. Sometimes they're involved in, in things that you learn along the way and things that uh, I think are part of that learning process. But, um, uh, you know, over, over the years, we've been introduced to different, different people. Um, we still own some of those businesses. Uh, we have great managers involved. We, you know, certainly balance is important for us. And so as we uh, work with those existing businesses, we try to find good people to be involved in those things so that we're not spread too thin and, and that we can balance life and the things that are most important. Um, and, and in recent years, in the last four or five years, actually, we've been involved with LaRoe. Maybe Kim can talk about that more. So we went through, like Doug said, we went through some hiccups in life and uh, we had some things that were big challenges that we faced. And at one time we found ourselves desperately needing some extra income to help support our family. And I walked into LuLaRoe and came upon it, learned to love it, learned that it was an opportunity for us. And it was not something that was a get rich quick. And a lot of people think that opportunities can be a get rich quick. One of the things I learned very early on was it took a lot of work, but by working hard, we were able to see some success and change some things in our lives for the positive. And, and some of the sacrifices that come with that, I, I watched Kim get involved and, and we were juggling a number of things at the time. And, and Kim made significant sacrifices in our, in our lives, in our family's life. And, and we all made sacrifices together. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a, a growing time for sure. And the amount of work that went into some of those initial efforts was, um, almost unimaginable at times, but, uh, but through that, you know, we were able to really see some, some great benefits that came out of that. You, you know, you, you keep alluding to it, it takes work and, and, you know, as former business owners or as current business owners of, of other businesses, what does that look like to someone that's maybe from the outside and going, what does that mean? It, it takes a lot of work and this is not a get rich quick. How, it, how is it different than your technology businesses? How is it the same? Let me, let me answer first. I'm sure Kim has a great perspective on that as well. But, um, you know, I was involved as an executive within a very large company and, and I would go in and start my job early in the day and, and would put in more than an eight hour a day and, um, and thought that I was working really hard. Um, and, and certainly I was, I, I gave my all to those efforts and, um, the amount of emotional, you know, effort that went into making that work and, and the responsibilities I had and the people that I was responsible for, um, you know, was, was stressful. Um, there was some opportunities uh, that came upon me where I joined uh, a company that actually did a number of acquisitions. And in the process of that, um, the, the company kind of lost their way. And, and that's when uh, we ventured out, I would say we, because it's, it's very much a, a team effort as a husband and wife, but mostly it was, it was, you know, a company that I was involved in I ventured out on, on my own. And I learned that those eight, nine, 10 hour days were actually pretty easy compared to, you know, running the business on your own and, and being completely responsible for the success of that business. And, and so especially in the beginning of, of a business, the amount of effort that it would take to get a business off the ground, especially something that's a startup that you're very passionate about, 
many, many late hours, many early mornings working hard and, and really making sacrifices to uh, generate the kind of income that was necessary to support other employees and, th- and other people that were involved. And, and that was, that was a, a big challenge. It was, it was a lot of uh, great opportunity, but the hardest thing probably I've ever done. And, and as we've taken on other opportunities, we, I would say that we're pretty strong entrepreneurs. Uh, we don't shy away from that. And, and ultimately our life has been, um, uh, been blessed because of that. But um, it, it takes um, a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of hard work that goes with that. And that involves hours. It involves being creative. It involves thinking outside the box. It involves you know, networking and building relationships and, and you just can't let off at all. It is, it is a, um, is very intense and yet very rewarding at the same time. And one of the things that I found as we've gone through a lot of this is there is a lot of work involved and there's a lot of ups and downs, successes and failures, but by taking the failures and working with those and learning from them, instead of letting them be the boss and take over your life, those failures can be the things that can bring you more success. We've had some rough times. We've had some businesses that didn't do what we had hoped to have happen. And yet we would let that be a door close where a window would open and suddenly we'd have another opportunity. And one of those came with LuLaRoe. When I started with LuLaRoe, we found that it was something that we had to sacrifice for. And a lot of people think, oh, you can just go, LuLaRoe is women's clothing, and you can just go easily sell that. No, it takes a lot of work. And, and, and people say to us, you know, it was just good timing. You got in at the beginning. You just happened upon something great. And, and it's just not that. No, we made it great. And we worked our tails off. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, you have, it talks about these eight, nine-hour days that a, for a regular business, but as an entrepreneur, it's 12, 14-hour days plus, and you don't get to go turn it off. When you leave a regular nine-to-five job, you can kind of turn it off when you go home, but as an entrepreneur, it's always there. But you know what? Along with all of that responsibility and all of that work comes a great deal of freedom that most people don't realize that if you put the work in and work for yourself or you're dedicated to what you are doing, it will give you a lot of freedom in the long run. You know, part of that, as Kim's talking, I'm reminded that, you know, it, it does take sacrifice at the beginning. Um, and, and people wouldn't continue to do these kinds of things if it was 14, 15 hour days, the rest of your life. Um, certainly that's not something that we all strive for. And as we work smarter, as we have those obstacles and challenges that we deal with and we learn from them and we learn to, you know, pave a way that is uh, a more uh, appropriate path, it, there's things that begin to happen. Um, you know, oftentimes we, we travel quite a bit right now for our businesses and also for pleasure, and we mix it. People say, well, if you go on vacation, why would you work? Well, it's because of our work that allows us to travel and, and do some of the things that we do. And so, you know, just last week we were out of the country in a very tropical place, and and I would say, you know, 30, 40% of the time, we actually continued to work because it provided us the opportunity to go have fun and do things that we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. I went scuba diving, for instance, and, you know, that was done, you know, uh, at a time that, that, that was, I love scuba diving, you know, to get down and feel that weightlessness and see another world is, is just one of the wonders that, that I love being involved in. And so, 
these things can happen because of some of the choices we made and the sacrifices we made before. And we still continue to make. So like last week when we were on our vacation, Doug said we worked, you know, sometimes it means getting up at early hours that people would never think you would get up at on a vacation and working for three to five, six hours and then going and playing. So by noon, we're ready to go play. And yet we've almost had, in a sense, a full day's worth of work or at least accomplished a lot of things that had we not taken the time to, we couldn't, we couldn't do what we want to do if we didn't play and work simultaneously. And it works for us. You know, there are some people that, you know, that balance is done in a different way. And it's something that Kim and I have decided and, and we're really compatible and, and have fun doing it really. And, but, you know, part of life too is if, if I were just to work to, to then go play, I'm not sure that that would be fulfilling for me. Um, because work actually transitions into a lot of different things. And for us, we're involved with some humanitarian efforts. We're involved with some orphanages that are in Mexico. We're involved with some other things that, that are also work um, in, it, in its own way. And, and actually takes a lot of effort to, to participate in some of those things. But that work trans- transitioned into something that's very enjoyable. Uh, and, and work becomes part of the fun. Um, it's not a, a labor of something uncomfortable. It's a labor, a labor of love. So uh, as I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about this work-life balance, I'm thinking about other entrepreneurs. It doesn't necessarily have to be LuLaRoe. It could be any other type of business. It could be someone that desires to open up a new print shop or desires to open up a new jewelry store or whatever their entrepreneur niche is. What advice would you give them to those entrepreneurs about how to approach your business as work? I would say, first off, make sure that you are willing to, to sacrifice what it's going to take because it will take work as you are starting your business. And it's going to take long hours. And if you look at it with a, a futuristic perspective and you look towards the future, not just towards today, the sacrifice that you make today will help with what you are doing in the future. You know, I'd also say that take ownership. You know, it, it, you know I found early on, that things would happen that were out of our control, things that really did not, um, that, that I could not, you know, say was, was my, um, how do you say it? There, there are outside influences that affect your business and you cannot let that be the thing that brings you down. Those are the things that can actually cause you to rise. Um, if you learn to overcome those things and, and, and people have those challenges and they're going to have those challenges. And if you go into those things thinking it's going to be, you know, an easy ride, um, that's just not the case. And, and anybody who has, who has been successful, I think can echo those words. So, um, you know, be prepared, work smart, be a learn it all, you know, read books, uh, attend the kind of trade shows that are related to the business that you're getting into, learn from those that are successful and observe and mirror and, and ob- observe what they're doing. You know, uh, and even within LuLaRoe, it's interesting that the, the landscape changes from month to month, year to year. And if we were to, to, you know, sit idle and stay stagnant with what we're doing, the ability for us to continue to, to stay at our very best just, just wouldn't exist. And so, you know, life is a, is a, is a university 
I mean, we are learning all the time. And in your business, it's just so important that that you're continuing to to keep that edge to to make sure that you stay above of uh, well, not so much even your competition because sometimes your competition can be your best friend, but but really uh, being sharp in, in the business and in what you're doing. Another thing I would say is no excuses. Don't let the excuses take over because it's easy to say, well, I can't do this because of this. I can't do this because of this. And you can let the excuses become your business and it will take over. Along those lines, um, I had a lot of people ask me, well, if I decide, if I decide LuLaRoe or if I decide X doesn't work for me, how can I get out? And my feeling is don't go into a business trying to find the exit plan when you start. If you're looking to say, how can I get out? You're not committed and probably won't see the success unless if, that you would see if you were 100% committed to that business. If you are going to go in and you're going to work your heart and soul without excuses, without looking for the way to get out, it's not something, you know, you'll see a lot more success if you're looking for the right things. You, you know, my wife and I have owned several different businesses, sounds like similar to you. And it's been not only just in women's clothing, because we too uh, do some LuLaRoe, but we've also owned a jewelry store. I owned a distribution company. We've done real estate. We're, we're very entrepreneurial ourselves. And every time we start a business, and, and it doesn't matter how long that business is has been going and how successful we've made the business or how successful we want it to be, there always seems to be these obstacles that kind of stop us in our tracks for a moment. How do you deal with the obstacles in your business and being able to move forward? Well, you know, obstacles are interesting um, because many times when you say I have an obstacle, there's that's a negative connotation. And, you know, and certainly it can be. I'm reminded of a situation where, um, and, and this is very personal to me because it was at a time when, when you know, our, the rug was ripped out from underneath us. Um, and it was done in such a way that was to some degree out of our control. And it was, it was, it was seemed as though that would have been very difficult to overcome. And so I have a wise mother. And she came to me at a time that I was not in a great place. And she says, you're going to be able to look back at this day and be able to learn from it and understand why all of this took place. And, and to be honest with you, at the time, I was not prepared for that comment because I was hurting um, and things did not seem like there was a way out. And, and, and yet she was wise in, in her response in that, she was trying to help me understand that this was nothing more than a stepping stone. This was an obstacle to overcome. And for me and, and my wife, I would say is better at this than I am. Kim, she understands that if we can get out of ourselves and we can begin looking and serving others around us, the things that, that we have as challenges become um, less noticeable. We, we begin to realize um, you know, the things that we've been given and that, you know, our life is, is not that bad. And so at that time I got heavily involved with some refugees that were in our community. And, and I started dealing with the youth that came from nothing and they're coming into a strange land that, 
it was an incredible culture shock for them. And they had to figure out how to come into, you know, our community and learn to make something of it. And, and many of them didn't want to at points. They, want, they wanted to go back to nothing even because stepping forward into a, a, an unknown life was difficult. Well, that opportunity, what that did for me is it helped get out of myself. I kept, it, it, I learned that I wasn't worrying about me, but I was worrying about others. And so the obstacle became the thing that has enabled us to achieve things. And so now when we see obstacles, and, and this is a, a lifelong um, challenge, and, and everybody has obstacles. So one thing I have learned is anytime I reach out and I shake someone's hand, I'm sure that they are either going through or have gone through challenges that, that seem, you know, unsurmountable. unsurmountable. And, and nobody is excluded. Everybody gets to have these challenges. And so if you can just learn that those challenges are something that will help you learn, something for you to overcome and something for you to make you stronger. You know, when I, when I go work out, you know, I'm giving my muscle challenges and because of those challenges, they become stronger and, and life is that, that way. And I can, it, it also, the other way to look at an obstacle is the obstacle provides you empathy and it provides you the ability to understand someone else's situation in the future that you would not have been able to have the, that degree of empathy for had you not been through those situations. And so that gives you, gives you strength. And it gives you a perspective that you've never seen before. It also gives you the ability to just be a person that's going to make a difference for other people. And I think for me, that is what life is all about. It's making a difference and helping build other people up because we all are going to have our challenges and our obstacles and things that are thrown in our path by that we can't change, but we can change our attitude towards them. And if we as people can help each other in those situations change or feel loved or feel appreciated, it will make all the difference. And each time you make someone feel happy or appreciated or loved, they're going to turn around and do the same thing. And it's going to become, you know, it's going to continue on. And other, it will affect who knows how many people if you can touch just a few lives and let them do the same. I really believe that, that people that are successful, and, and success isn't a measure of money. There's a lot of measurements that determine what success is. But when people feel like they've gained the freedom and that they have happiness and they have the things that make them content in life, those are the people that when faced with a challenge typically are looking for a way forward, not for a way to uh, create excuses or say, you know, they're sorry about themselves. Um, and, and so when you gain that perspective and you come across a challenge, you really don't look at it as a negative anymore. It, in many cases, it becomes a positive. Um, but it is a learned thing. It is not something that you can just happen upon and, and, and welcome those things. Um, but I can honestly say that, that our challenges the obstacles have made us who we are. Had we not had those obstacles, I'm not sure that we would be one as happy as we are, as as have as much flexibility in life as we have. Um, you know, we would be in a different place for sure. So you're really viewing these obstacles as a positive and not a negative. They're opportunities to learn, to reflect, to to change your focus, and to find the good in all things. And that's a that's a really commendable place to be. And and you've even alluded to it's taken. It's a lifelong process to get there. 
what advice would you give someone that is going through a really deep, dark, difficult obstacle to be able to see the, the good when they feel like there isn't any? Um, two things come to mind very quickly. The first one is to find someone that you can confide in and have help. But more than that, get out of yourself and find someone who needs your help because there's always someone with a story that is, I want to say harder or um, more tragic or whatever. That's not always the case. At the time, you may not feel that. But if you can get out of yourself when you are having a difficult situation and serve someone else, it just brings a joy into your heart and into your life and a happiness that you didn't know was there. Because if you can help someone feel happy, it will be contagious. Well, a lot of times, as you are reaching out to others, you recognize that your challenges are are not as significant as you might think. And it depends on how you serve. Certainly there's a lot of ways to serve, but people come to us and say, how did you get involved with this organization or that humanitarian effort seems really interesting and you're, you're doing this. How did, how did you get introduced to that? And, and what it came down to was those challenges in life caused me, and to some degree Kim invited me, and, and, and I wasn't smart enough, I would say, to, to learn that that was a path I needed to look. It, it took some effort. It took some discovery. It took me realizing that when I started doing those things, that, um, that I actually found a better place. And, and so when I learned that, I, I began to look for those things more. I began to look for other opportunities. And when you begin looking, it's amazing what you can find around your immediate neighborhood, around your community, around, you know, your, you know, maybe you're, it's involved in your church that you're involved with. Maybe it's, um, you know, through other means, but, but certainly we've reached into our community and we've also reached beyond the borders of our country to, to find those who are less fortunate that need help. And, and we invite others to do the same. And one thing, you know, people say, well, oh, you're doing these wonderful things in other countries and around the world and wherever, but you know what? Sometimes your greatest service and your greatest um, influence can be the person across the street or around the corner or at the shopping center that you see that might need just someone to push their cart or a smiling face. You know, you don't have to go across the borders to serve. You don't have to go find someone who is destitute to serve. You can bless someone's life and help someone by just doing small acts, those Small and simple things make a big difference. You know, it's interesting with our kids, you know, that's a difficult thing to parent. You know, as you were trying to teach your kids, how do you help them understand that concept? And and I remember as a kid, my parents really tried to help me understand that. And and ultimately, it's because of the things that they did, I think, that ultimately led me to that path. Um, it It was later on in life than I wanted it to be, I think, knowing now that I'm looking back. But, but what, as a parent, we looked for those opportunities. Uh, for instance, one of the things that we would do um, on a number of occasions is we would buy gift cards and then we would go to places, either shopping centers or different things, and we would look for those that we felt would need uh, a lift, need something. And even though that's a monetary thing, you know, having our, our children go and hand somebody a card and tell them that, you know, please go do something good for yourself um, is is something that is hard to teach. 
until you've done it. And, um, and when, when that happens, there's something magical that occurs. And so one of the things that we've done, certainly we've done things in, around us. And, and I would have to say that, um, you know, the, the things that led us to this point in life have given us that opportunity to do this. And, and we've made the decision to, to give back. Um, certainly we've been given a lot. And, and that's, there, there are little things that we can do, but we, we took our kids to, uh, to an orphanage in Mexico and we did this over the Thanksgiving week. And so we didn't actually celebrate Thanksgiving in a traditional way. We went and served in an orphanage. And when it came the next year, you know, there was a time when we actually had more, we had the funds to go maybe do something very exotic or extravagant. And when we asked them, what would you like to do? Their response was, we would like to go back to the orphanage. Um, and, and that can really touch you because then that means, you know, they were learning what that meant. It, they were learning um, more than just the action of doing it or going having fun. They understood the, the real value. How did you find that orphanage down in Mexico? For someone like me, I go, you know, I... I know of some local areas that we love to serve and we have our own ways of giving service because we too have a firm belief that, that as you serve, it increases happiness. As you serve, it increases awareness. As you serve, it increases gratitude. As you serve, you get outside of yourself and suddenly some of those obstacles that are in our way and some of those things that are weighing on our shoulders really seem to diminish but for someone who wants to go across the border, how did you even find that? You know, we were lucky enough that um, Doug's parents provided us an opportunity. They had been serving with some orphanages in other yeah, areas. Yeah, in, Haiti. in Haiti and some other areas. And um, through their, the contacts that they had, through a nonprofit organization, we were introduced to the Mexi- this orphanage in Mexico. There's a lot of nonprofits out there that serve Mexican orphanages or orphanages around the world. And we have just connected with one that is here local that actually serves multiple orphanages in Mexico. And we've had the opportunity to go down there on work groups and we pay our way, pay our, pay for the supplies, the, supplies, the funding the, and we give of our time. So we're giving those monetary things, but we're also giving of our time and you can go spend time doing these work trips and you get to also spend time interacting with these children who have come from horrible circumstances. And you see that, you know what, those children have come from something, they have come from horrific, like I said, really bad circumstances, but yet they are still children and they have the glisten, the gleam in their eye and they love to play and they smile. And you think, you know what, if they can smile being, having gone through what they've gone through, my trials in life seem very, very small in comparison. And I would do anything for those children because they're just such, so sweet. No, and, and, you know, and let's talk a little bit about going over the border. And that is actually a very neat thing. And it, it does give you a perspective. It, it shows you another culture. It shows you some things that you just wouldn't get um, w- without doing that. At the same time, though, I can go over the border in my own community and what I mean by that is, is we have uh, a very diverse population here in the United States. And, and with that comes an opportunity to go over the border right in our backyard. And, and right now I'm dealing with some refugees 
and and there are some people that felt that you know the community arts and some of the things related to that were important to helping them you know feel important, feeling like they're involved in something, and so a community play is being put together, and and that's no small undertaking. Um, there was especially when they're speaking; it's not their native language. Yeah, so they're having to learn English to to be able to put this play on. They're doing it uh, in 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 English, so they're memorizing, they're learning, you know, how to act. Um, there's there, there's certainly uh, what's what's happened in this situation. There's people that have come together and have been mentors in helping them them learn the things that they need to, and and there are other communities or other organizations that have come in into this and and donated because it doesn't it's not free. It doesn't doesn't happen without money. Um, and so a number of things have come together that bring people that have come from all over the world to participate in something in, in my backyard that would add value to the community. And so there's, there's a lot of ways when you begin looking, and especially if you start looking for nonprofit organizations in your community, or you can even create a nonprofit organization, something that you're, you're passionate about um, can, can certainly be done. Um, it just depends on, your capacity and how far you want to go with it. So I, I, I hope that answers your question about how do you get to Mexico to an orphanage. But but ultimately, it was my parents' example that that brought us to that. I absolutely love that, and I love the idea that there are so many places that we can go. And and frankly, one of the best trips that we can make in our children's lives is to serve our neighbors and to learn how to to identify how we can just be. Uh, little saviors on Mount Zion for them, how we can be people who are constantly looking out after others. And when we do that, it really changes our perspective on the world and it changes how we interact with people when we see them as real individuals who have gone through the same types of tragedy that each of us have gone through because we certainly have all gone through something. I love that you talked about that a few moments ago. Uh, I, I, I love the idea that that no matter what you do, if you're an entrepreneur, it's going to take work and it's going to take a constant effort and to have not just um, not just a desire, not just to have something rooted in in a, an idea that you know that you can accomplish for yourself, but, but you're going to have to make sacrifices and you're going to have to make choices that are going to be very difficult. But when you do make those sacrifices, you'll be able to bless other people's lives. You'll be able to to have kind of a work-life balance. And even when you're on even when you're on that tropical vacation, sometimes you have to work 30% of the time. I guess now I don't feel so bad when I go away on vacation and I have a desire to to seek after opportunities to serve and seek after opportunities to to write. In fact, that's when I find my greatest sense of of creativity is when I'm outside of my typical environment and I get out of my office, I get out of, I get out of my town and I go someplace different, my lens, my perspective changes and allows me to still work, but also to have some downtime and to have a good balance on that. Um, if there was maybe one final piece of advice that you would give to a budding entrepreneur, uh, regardless of what industry, what would that be? You know, I would think that you've got to be able to have the vision. You've got to be able to dream. You've got to be able to look for something. If if that doesn't exist, if you don't have that hope to achieve something great, 
then it becomes a labor only. It doesn't become a labor of love. And so um, you, you've got to be able to reach beyond yourself and, and, and be able to dream, really. Um, and, and, and with that dreaming, um, you can't just... Um, I know some entrepreneurs who I would I want to classify them as idea people that never get anywhere. And I, I have a lot of really good friends that kind of fall into that category. And, and so there's a difference between dreaming and having these fantastic ideas and wanting to go accomplish something. And then someone who has the discipline to turn that dream into reality. Um, that's, that's, that is what differentiates the, the common entrepreneur that doesn't necessarily achieve what they want versus those that actually achieve. And the other thing that I would say is, as you're doing it, enjoy the journey. Have fun, because if you're not enjoying it, it's just going to be work, and that's what it will be. But if you can enjoy it, it's going to be something better, something different, and it will change your life. So enjoy the journey and have fun. You know, one last thing is, as part of that dream, you know, you've got to have rooted in yourself, you know, why you're even doing it. Sometimes it's, you know, you can say, I'm, I'm dreaming to have a big vacation home or I'm dreaming to go on trips and those kinds of things. But a lot of times it's deeper than that. And, and, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot of great books out there that kind of talk about, you know, the real reason you're doing things. Um, there's some great self-help books out there and, and, and I could I can name off a few right, right now I'm in this mode where I, I'd like to read a, a book a week almost. Um, and, and it's changed <laughs> my perspective on so much. But, but it's got to be so deep within you that when you, um, when you run across these challenges, when you're, when you're having a hard time, that that will give you the foundation to keep going. So I, I need to know, what are some of the books that you've recently read? <laughs> um, one that I really love that I read, read recently is Great by Choice. Um, uh, you know, uh, love that one. I mean, I'm halfway through that one. There's another book. I mean, um, I, I have to pull up my audible list. I, what I do no is excuses by Brian Tracy. Yeah. Brian Tracy stuff is, is fantastic. He's, he's very good. Um, go giver changed my life. I would have to say, um, you know, it, it gave me some of the perspective of what we've even talked here. Um, one that I read twice a year, um, is leadership and self-deception. It's, it's a very fun read. Um, it's, it's kind of a story written, um, but it, it really helps you gain perspective and, and look where how you interface with others around you. And, and that's, that's one I just come back to on a regular basis. I could create a list of you know, 20, 30 books um, that, that make a difference uh, for me, but um, those are just a few. I, I love that list. Those are some phenomenal, phenomenal books. I, I've got to tell you, you actually have some of my favorites on your list right there. Uh, leadership and Self-Deception, absolutely phenomenal. Go-Giver. And the one that I'm reading right now for probably the fourth time is The Power of Ted. And yes, I, that was another one I was going to say. It, it, I just, I, I love being, I, I think you said it earlier, be a learn-it-all. Never cease learning. And there's so many ways that we can learn and experience and grow and and take the good from everything and every experience that you have and build upon it. 
and allow it to enrich your life. Well, thank you very, very much, Kim and Doug. We have just absolutely loved having you on the show and really looking forward to to finding opportunities to serve uh, side by side with you. Thank you so much for your time and, and for all that we've learned. Thank you for listening to the Happiness Dude podcast hosted by Dr. Mark Leonard. If you love learning and being inspired today, make sure you subscribe to the Happiness Dude podcast on iTunes and leave a positive rating so more people like yourself can hear these inspiring stories. To find more information about Dr. Mark Leonard and The Happiness Dude, follow The Happiness Dude on Facebook for all announcements, events, and happiness insights. If you'd like more information about LuLaRoe or Kim and Doug Roylands, visit them online at comeshopwithkim.com.